Welcome back to Careers Explained. Today, we're talking with Alex Stoller about her career path and current role. She received her bachelor's degree from Davidson College in art history and studio art, and her master's of arts in exhibition design from George Washington University. She has worked as a lead designer for the Sweet Life Music Festival, as a designer and project manager for the Royal Danish Embassy in Washington, DC, and as a store designer and project associate for Sweetgreen and a director of art for Swatcher. She's currently an art consultant for LK Art Consultants. Welcome, Alex, and thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can you start by describing what you do as an art consultant? Yeah, definitely. So I work primarily with residential clients to either start to refine or to expand their art collections that they live with in their homes. Um, a lot of people have multiple properties or have kind of like existing things that they've either bought themselves or have inherited and want to be able to provide like a more contemporary kind of lift to that or to kind of create this like more focused collection that allows them to be um, able to donate to museums or to be able to be involved in culture in some format. So it's um, an interesting way of kind of working with people in a very uh, personalized type of way to help them to learn first and then to buy things that then have meaning to their own history or family or kind of interests, but then have some sort of like cultural presence as well. And can you describe what the main roles and responsibilities are? You mentioned kind of first the education aspect and then some buying, but like what are the typical timelines of working with a client? Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. It's sometimes it's, you know, working on one piece that turns into the next piece that turns into the next. And some people come to you and they're working on this big project where they have floor plans and, you know, they're a year and a half away from their dream home. And they want to be able to fill that with art that matches the, the level of design that they've really put into place. So things can be as short as a few months or as long as a couple of years, but they're really kind of like relationship building type projects where a lot of times people will come back to you or you stay in touch or they'll come and you know go on gallery visits with you some weekend just randomly so it's something where it's like you're really like kind of on their team in a way even if the project itself isn't activated but it's something that we're kind of always like once you learn like what someone loves then you're always kind of looking on their behalf it's hard not to to see something be like oh my god they would love that so (laughs) some of it's like that in terms of project length but um my day-to-day is really it kind of varies so I'm either if I'm in New York I am splitting the week between sitting at my desk and like working on presentations and renderings and pulling selections speaking to galleries like really honing in on a lot of like what's happening what's about to be on view in spaces and then like what I can go after right now for people who are looking for it Mm -hmm. Um, kind of putting together curations and really kind of creating meaning through which objects are in the same place Um, and then the other half of the week I spend going to shows getting in front of art going to openings going to events kind of like seeing things in person which is just such an important part of being an advisor and being able to authentically explain like what you're looking at is so much about having seen it in person even if it's not that exact piece but it's the work by that artist um I do studio visits with artists as well which is always really fun um and then the other part of my career is like traveling going to art fairs going to people's homes in other cities but the art fair side of things is like a huge part of the calendar and how kind of 
I have to plan like my year and how I'm traveling and like what people are coming with us either in person or um, virtually. So, and so thank you for that overview. Now unpacking some of those elements of your job, starting with kind of the last thing you talked about of the travel. How many shows are you typically going to in a year? And how long is that travel? Yeah, I mean, last in the past year, I've been to, I went to like five different big shows in different countries. I went to Seoul, I went to Mexico City, um, I went to Paris, London, um, LA a couple of times. And for the bigger trips, I'm usually gone at least like a week. Um, sometimes like the like London and Paris shows are back to back. So I'm gone for like two weeks. Um, so it can be like anywhere between one and two, but um, typically when I'm there, I'm not only going to the art fairs, I'm also spending time in the galleries that are there, getting to know those spaces, because there's a lot of information that you can gain by being in a space that you can't get online, just by like about the gallery itself and how it situates in the market there. And then this is such a relationship-oriented field that going the extra mile and going to someone's space means so much to them. So you're able to like really get this like kind of jump on being able to not only see the artists in the future, but you're kind of like connecting to someone in a way that like you really want to work with them and their artists and bring those people to your clients. So it's very kind of personal in that way, I feel like. Yeah, so you get to travel the world, you get to see art, which it sounds like is a, a passion. So you get to do yeah. what you love. And then when you're going, whether it's to these art fairs or different exhibit studios, are you usually going with a client in mind of trying to find something specific or more so just scoping what's available that might become relevant? Definitely clients in mind. I think that, you know, with the way that we work, we kind of set out as a goal that we're not just going to like go and buy the work that you already know you like. It's not really like, that's kind of what an art broker would do. The differentiation being that that person's going and really kind of seeking a piece for you versus an advisor where you're, you're really kind of like there like spirit guide on this journey of like learning about why to buy something so there's a lot of like education that goes back so I'm going to galleries with people in mind but I'm also sometimes surprised by something that I'll see and think of someone and would not have expected to have that person in mind when I walked into that space so I'm constantly kind of like putting these puzzles together a little bit in my head of like what's available, what's needed and just trying to see if there's things that fit but you can't force it so it's like that's how the timelines are so kind of fluid because it really has to be the exact right thing for the space, for the person, for the timing. It has to all like kind of come into play exactly the right time. Yeah, so really that's the key. It sounds like is understanding at the beginning their interest as you're like educating them on art and then yeah. you can go forth understanding what they want. And can you give a few examples of types of questions or projects you've done with clients in the past you mentioned they might have a new home they're trying to furnish but the steps that you go through with them to figure out what they want yeah I think with the new project you know it's a lot about I, I have a background so my background in exhibition design really helps me to take a floor plan and take elevations and to kind of quickly understand how relationships in a space will take place and how we can start talking about that to someone in a way that like this idea of a new home could be very very um, kind of intangible at that moment because it's not physically built you know it's really different when you're 
putting something on a wall or you're just switching something out or you're tired of it or it's not the right scale, that's a really different set of kind of parameters where you're basically just doing renderings or you're walking there and you're like taping it up on the wall and you're like, do you think this looks right? No, yes. And then you can kind of go, but like it's a lot harder when the space is not um, formed yet. So there's a lot of kind of like trust building, um, showing work, doing as best you can to like kind of create renderings on elevations and help someone to visualize, but not everyone knows how to like see things that way. So there is a lot of like trust in the early stages of like buying work for a future space. Um, also the work could be taking work that they already own and kind of like bringing it together in a way that's meaningful. So trying to bring in like even like things that they bought on vacation or things like could be like great pieces that they've bought over time, but it's not necessarily like you have to take that from another location, bring it in. So that's a part of what we do as well, um, which I think is really important because this isn't about like creating a whole new life. It's about creating like meaning with the life that you have and like kind of pushing it through to the next stage of development. And people feel like really refreshed when they bring in new art and they feel like they have conquered something that they had no idea how to even approach in the first place. Like, so sometimes like, you know, at those stages too, it's like getting people physically in front of art is the first part of the project, going to galleries, going to, you know, specific appointments so that they can see things and experience them and be able to form their own words and vocabulary so that you can have a conversation. So it's very hard at first to be able to like fully express yourself if you don't know how to use the words. I think what being an art advisor boils down to sometimes for me is um, keeping people from feeling embarrassed. It's like the most like human emotion that like is the connector to so many different types of people that I work with where you know, I've worked with someone who lived in like the heart of Chelsea, had never walked into an art gallery in her whole life, like in, in Chelsea. And it's like, you are have access to some of the most amazing international galleries in the whole world. And they're like right here, but like, because she felt embarrassed or didn't feel like she knew how to walk in and like ask for the prices, if she was even allowed to ask for prices, like to kind of just knock down all those barriers, like one by one is sometimes like the most important part. Um, yeah, I don't your question, but <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. So understanding kind of process wise, first it's getting to know them. If they know what they already want, then you can go from there. But it sounds like a big part of it is that education piece, learning mm -hmm. the language that you is almost the prerequisite to understanding what they want. So you can then go into a gallery and find pieces that make you think of them and then kind of have that conversation from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because it's like, it's not the type of like, I've had other job roles where like working in the commercial design space, um, even as like an artist liaison, when you're working with commercial clients, like uh, the conversations are very different. Like you're not talking to people necessarily. I think sometimes it gets kind of convoluted, but it's like, you're not necessarily asking people if they like it for their home. They're asking, you're asking them if they like it for their, the face of their company, their business. Does it work with the brand? And when you're asking someone about that for themselves, it's like an extension of themselves. And so it can be very like hard to get information. So it's almost, it's like a process of elimination sometimes. It's like, not necessarily like, oh, I love this. Here's why. Like, you may not get that information. You have to kind of like take it from all the context clues and you're constantly like taking little things that you know and then applying it and just seeing if that new application of that information becomes like a resonating new fit, you know? Right. And that's part, it sounds like the, of the puzzle you mentioned, whereas a brand is clear cut mission statement. They have everything lined up of what they're trying to show. Whereas 
one's identity much less obvious in terms of how to describe it. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. you describe what you like and find challenging about the role? I mean, I think it's like one and the same. I, I love that I'm constantly learning. Like I never wake up and I'm like, I know everything about what I need to do today. I know everything about what I'm going to learn. You know, it's like, I, I just feel like I'm always seeing something new and it it's like constantly opening me up to new conversations or new depths of kind of like um, empathetic types of like relationships with why someone creates something. And I think that that's so fun to be able to like give that back to someone else because it's not always easy to access. But there is this kind of like feeling of like, well, if you're not working, you're not like, there's nothing that's moving forward, which, you know, I work with a business partner and she and I are just the two of us. And so it's a very small team and like we are our own self propulsion. So like we have to kind of just keep it always moving. So it can be hard to like step away from something that feels like, you know, much more of yourself, but it's also the best part of it because I just, don't feel like I ever worked for a company where I felt like I could actually make a suggestion and like the suggestion would turn into a change in a fast enough way that felt like we were actually moving. Like, I feel like I can be very nimble and very, um, I can just throw things out when they don't work, you know? And it's like, that's okay. Like we're just moving on and it's over. And so that constant innovation is like something that I really like about being able to work in a in a industry that is really like constantly changing but again it's like you have to constantly be keeping up with it too exactly fast paced but also that allows for more efficient changes optimization and also your input would be way louder at a smaller company than something like a sweet green in the past (laughs) and before we kind of dive into more how you got here um can you describe the like opportunities for moving up do you think you'll stay in this position or will you want to evolve into a different area? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I think that it's not a traditional role. So it's not like I applied for this job and I got this job and there's like this really clear cut ladder of like next opportunities. I feel like the opportunities are more like personal growth, but also like, do I want to own my own gallery someday? Like, is this kind of going towards this ability to work more closely with artists or do I stay in this place where I work with every artist and I purposely am not aligned with anyone, any gallery, and I can be totally independent. And I think that there might just be a time and place where like the focus becomes a lot more like of a fun way to, you know, use my energy versus right now where it's going a lot of places, but I'm also getting so much knowledge that I could then bring to a space like that. Right. So it kind of opens up opportunities depending on where you want to go, stick with this route or pivot. Yeah, yeah. Now working back to understand how those previous roles you mentioned briefly have led you here, can you describe what you think the biggest points along your career path were that led you to this role? Yeah, I think, um, like, I guess in undergrad, I left not really feeling like I knew what I wanted to do other than probably the idea of working in a museum was very attractive for a lot of reasons, just like to be able to create um, spaces where people can come and learn and see art was like very exciting. I'd worked at in every Smith gallery for like three or four years. I was at Davidson, I guess the whole time. And then that was like my template for like what it was to work in a gallery, but it wasn't a sales space. You know, it's like a very academic curatorial and it's, it's like an um, archival kind of space where you're kind of working on the collection of the college versus working on trying to like put that work out into the, into the world, which is cool. And I feel like I'm so proud of Davidson's like 
development of the, especially like the public art projects that have like happened in the last few years. It's so cool to see like the people that they're kind of lining up with and creating like these really intentional spaces. It's so interesting. Anyway, um, I think that that led me to like, I mean, I truly, and this is probably common, but like I left Davidson not feeling like I knew what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to go back to school at some point. And I think that I chose design because I felt like my interest in physical space was something I wanted to be able to like harness um, and to kind of like turn that into something where I actually knew how to express my ideas. And so I thought that going to design school would be like the right way to kind of get all of those like, those like really true like hard skill sets like Adobe and CAD and like rendering and like being able to create models and to be able to explain your ideas in a visual way. Um, and that is not the traditional path to like what I do now. A lot of people go directly into, I think like a commercial gallery space, maybe like kind of in a big commercial gallery like Zwerner or Gagosian or whatever it is, like, you know, sitting in front of that desk and like, that's your first role. And then you like work your way up over time. But it's also like a really challenging place to start because you are typically not paid when you do anything like that in New York. Like, so, so that's a whole nother, maybe that's another podcast, but like, um, so that's not always like the path of entry for someone to get into the world of art if that's not the way that you can enter the world of art. So um, I felt like, and I, I worked all through my uh, master's degree at different places. Like I, the idea of like that music festival um, role was because I was like, that was my first year. And I was like, well, how do I apply exhibition design to something else? Like museum is like clearly the track that this is on. It's like, what, do I, what if I just do something completely different? So that was one way of like kind of creating these like environmental kind of like art activations in a very temporary space was one option. Then I worked at the Danish embassy, as you mentioned, and that was something that was also a temporary kind of ephemeral like event-based type of like planning. But that was something where I like really had a budget and I had these objects and I had this space and I had to like figure out how to like make it look interesting and have a theme and produce invitations and like create this holistic type of, you know, event driving kind of like branded environment. And that maybe led to, you know, the idea of like working for Speak Green. And at that time it was like four people that worked. <laughs> That's very funny. At the very start. Yeah. And like figuring out how to like put signage in the stores and how to make it scalable and how to like actually um, make things as like user-friendly, but also how do you translate the fact that there is this like cool kid brand behind this and art was a huge part of that. So kind of bringing art into the spaces and then also like, how do you scale the art? How do you make that something that can actually like live in all these other environments and cities and feel authentic and solving some of those problems. But um, I think ultimately like everything's just been driving me to focus on art, like to not focus on so many things. You know, I think working for a commercial interior design firm, like I got so close to working on art all the time, but I still had all these other responsibilities that were not giving me any type of like joy. They kind of just felt like they were taking away from the things I love to do at my job, which was like working with artists, coming up with ideas and executing those ideas that were focused on these like, you know, site-specific commissions and everything else felt like it was just like something else I had to do. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it was like a process of elimination in some ways. And I think that that is, I feel like my best career advice. It's like, do as many things as you can and never feel like you're wasting your time because you're not, you're just gaining so much kind of peripheral knowledge of like how to then hone that into like the perfect thing that you want to do. And I actually don't think you can like truly advise on anything until you've done so many other things. Um, there are a lot of jobs, I think though, that are in like bigger 
commercial like art advisory firms that are much bigger. They work on hotel projects. They work on huge, you know, like, um, you know, like Vegas kind of like venues, like these huge projects. And they're like working on the art for that. And so there are ways to kind of start at the bottom and like work your way up through those types of firms. So that is an opportunity. It's just different from working for a residential type of environment, but that's something that you could always segue into if you are like really immersing yourself in the art world. Um, and I think that as no matter where you are, you don't have to be in New York to have this job or to like build towards this job. It definitely helps, but it's like not the only route, you know, like there's so many great contemporary art galleries in really unexpected cities all over the, you know, the country that need help or need like admin or maybe could hook you up with like working in an artist studio. And then you learn how the back end of like the studio works. And like, there's always so many people that need to be kind of part of that process and like growing your network and just seeing what side of the, the world you fit into. Because we always talk about, like everyone talks about like the art ecosystem and there's not like one, there's not one role. There's like so many people that have to touch something for it to get from studio, big idea to like art fair to then someone's house. like so many people have been a part of that process um, that I feel like there's like really a lot of like endless opportunities that just aren't very clear maybe like right away. And when you talk about the ecosystem and all the different ways you can either get in or move up, would you say that getting a master's is kind of necessary at some point or can you do, as you mentioned, kind of start by that front desk role and move up without graduate school? I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's essential. I think it's essential to know how to present your ideas though. I think that that's something that's like so critical, but I think you can do that in types of like online learning, you know, types of like offerings or through kind of like, you know, secondary classes, like you can take those types of things that are very focused. I think that being able to pitch yourself is very important because like the reason that my business partner and I like became acquainted was like I literally sent her a pitch deck because I wanted to work with her because I liked what she was doing and I thought that she had a cool kind of approach and the timing worked out that she was moving to Chicago I was in New York and like she needed someone there and we decided to like work together but that was like such a kind of chance type of like happening but it didn't happen just because I only sent that one email. Like I sent my package to many people and I applied to many jobs that weren't posted, you know, like just kind of sending out these kind of like portfolio examples of what I had worked on, what my skill set was. And I pretended like what I wanted to do, not like, do you have a job? And that's, I think that's like an approach that can work. It's not necessarily like good for everything, but I feel like there are a lot of, especially small companies that are never going to post the job or know exactly how to describe what they need. They need someone who can do a lot of things. And at the end of the day, like if you can use Adobe and you can use CAD or you can scale a floor plan, like that's really like such a differentiator. Yeah. I love that idea of the proactive approach. Don't wait for the job to be posted or necessarily the perfect description, but really understanding what you want, like you do with your clients, but for yourself and then go out, going after it. And so on that idea of kind of the specific skill sets you mentioned, whether it's Adobe or scaling something, are there any sort of qualities or experience you think are necessary in terms of sort of training or these types of roles that someone who's in undergrad right now should be looking for? 
Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think that um, like writing a really good email <laughs> is something, maybe it's a trial by fire situation, but like if you ever have to write an email and you know you're writing it to an audience that you've never written to before, like you really will think about that email. But like, I think about every single email that that way, like I'm very careful about how I write something, how much information I'm giving away and even how much I, um, like power I give away in some ways where I'm not apologizing for asking for something or I'm not like, you know, it's like, you're just asking for something like, and taking all of that other kind of like stuff out of it, where you can be much more in control of something by the way that you say it. And I think that like, if you think about it, it can become like a, a really cool, like mindfulness practice of like, how much information do I actually need to put into this email? Do I need to explain my whole backstory to be able to get this one PDF from the gallery? No, I just need to ask for exactly what I want. And that's all there is to it. And there's something like that comes through with like a level of confidence on the other side of that, that I think is really critical, especially when you're young and when you're kind of like starting out, it's like to be able to be confident and say like the economy of words in some way. So it's like kind of saying less to be able to say more. Exactly. The power that comes with being concise and also knowing exactly what you want, which ties into what yeah. you were saying before. Any other sort of hard skills in terms of like job experience that people should look for? I think just getting, again, like any type of role in a gallery, like whether it's a gallery at Davidson, whether it's gallery in Charlotte, whether it's like when you go home for the summer working in a gallery, like, and it doesn't have to be like the best job it can be like again like it can be in like the registrar's office which is like where they're kind of coordinating sales and shipping and logistics like that's really good information to have um working in the front is great but it's also like maybe you're not learning as much as you would if you were in the office so I think getting as much information from direct experience is very important um and this is not a hard skill but it's like exposing yourself to art all the time if that's what your passion is like just be reading like New York Times auction results, like kind of like, even if you don't know what you're reading, you know, just kind of like keep reading and I could keep putting it together because you will start kind of like understanding things, the more conversations you have, the more things that you're like referencing and it starts to kind of come together in a way that feels really like your own way of crafting that truth, whatever that is. Yeah. So immersing yourself in the ecosystem of art, working at a museum to understand how it works and where you might fit in. And then also just art generally with continuous learning. Yeah, continuous learning for sure. Any other final pieces, whether it's for your track specifically into art or just general career advice that you think other people could benefit from? Yeah, I mean, I just think like, don't give up because it's just, it's never gonna be a good economy. It's never gonna be exactly the right situation. You may have to go home for a little while before you go back to another place and like, if you have some semblance of like what you think you want, you should go after it because you just like where you are doesn't matter. Um, I think that that's important because it can be very challenging those first years out of college to like see yourself like where you want to be. But um, without turning this into a manifestation type of podcast, we will. <laughs> we are we are pro anything here. We love manifestation, and that <laughs> I love that you also kind of tied in there what you're talking about before with like the embarrassment with your clients that you manage doing that with yourself. I think embarrassment's so common in career tracks. So remembering that it's really not linear, as you said, process of elimination, try things and kind of 
can, you're learning, even if you find what you don't want. Totally. I definitely agree with that. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate learning about your career and hearing your advice. Thank you so much.